You are listening to the Impact Lenders Podcast, the podcast for people and institutions using lending for good. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 18 of the Impact Lenders Podcast. Today we have John Diagostino of Inclusive Prosperity Capital on the phone. How are you, John? I'm doing great today, Pete. Good, good. So, John, I have to say how I know you real quickly before we get into the professional stuff. Uh, but you are the former director of the finest race you'll ever run, the Chimney Rock Five Miler. That's right. F- uh, founder and organized the race for, I think, five years before I had to turn the reins over to uh, other folks who were more capable of moving it forward. Yeah, it was impressive. You were keeping it even when you were out of state. And I, just, I endorse it as the, the best race if you want to run down a hill full of rocks that you probably shouldn't even be hiking on. Uh, that's the place for you. Well, that's very kind of you. Anyway, so we met in New Jersey, but now in addition to that great race, we have Community Development Finance in common, which is nice. And I'm excited about today's episode because I think this is a really great opportunity to introduce listeners to a lender and inclusive that is uh, a potential financing partner for them uh, in a field that some of them are are less familiar with, which is energy efficiency lending. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Inclusive Prosperity Capital is uh, and how it got its start? Sure. So uh, Inclusive Prosperity Capital is a nonprofit clean energy and social impact financing fund. Uh, We're a spin out of the Connecticut Green Bank, which is the first state-based green bank in the country. Uh, We spun out uh, almost exactly a year ago from the Green Bank with eight staff. We're now up to 10 staff with the goal of taking the lessons learned and kind of understanding and appreciation of traditionally underserved or non-traditional credits in the market and getting those folks to be able to catalyze projects in those spaces, uh, traditionally underserved credits. So rather than being constrained to the state of Connecticut, uh, we're now a national fund. We can kind of take our financing and tools and lessons learned elsewhere. And uh, we've reached out to friends and family, and we're working on developing projects across the country. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that you guys started as a statewide organization. Did the Connecticut Green Bank, does that have a formal affiliation with the government, or is that a fully independent entity? Yeah, so we're enabled uh, by the legislative branch, but we're technically under the purview of the executive branch. So we're uh, an economic development authority. So we're akin to, you know, a port authority or uh, a state agency, if you will. Yeah, so I think it's fantastic that even despite that, you still were able as an organization to get the will behind it to to spin off something that is now going to be able to have a similar impact nationwide. It's yeah. really pretty cool innovation. So your role there is as associate director of financing program. So what all does that include? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to announce that I, I finally got a promotion. <laughs> so I'm director of financing programs <laughs> as of this week. So oh, my role- This week, nice. My role is uh, on the origination side of the house. So I spend a lot of my time doing a combination of connecting with project developers, property owners, folks in, you know, doing technical assistance, marketing and outreach. So mm-hmm. it's a combination of, of developing projects, but also kind of evaluating and directing and triaging projects. Um, so that, yeah. you know, projects have very long life, life cycles. So that mm-hmm. can, you know, entail anything from, folks who call and say, hey, I want to do something, and I have no idea what I want to do, to folks who are very sophisticated. I got off the, uh, the phone with a gentleman about an hour ago who you know, has a very, very large portfolio of properties in New York City that he's seeking to develop with solar facilities. So, Okay, fantastic. So your role is really being the face of the organization as it starts to get into these new markets and start deploying some capital. Correct. Yeah. Great. So let's talk about a, a little bit about the products and what the, the uh, organization offers that is not out there in the market and what your kind of key innovation is. So, you know, 
I think I, I alluded to it earlier, you know, we, we sit at this intersection of clean energy, finance, and community development. So, you know, we're out there targeting traditionally underserved or non-traditional credits, municipalities, faith-based institutions, schools, uh, affordable housing, et cetera. And so what we marry is a technical expertise in the clean energy space with an understanding and appreciation for how financing can help catalyze projects that wouldn't be able to move with traditional lending. Yeah, so what you bring in my mind to the community development finance field is that really sophisticated look at energy efficiency. And whereas I've been in more than one loan committee where we're trying to argue the, the value of energy efficiency upgrades, but there's really that technical gap where if the loan committee can't understand or is not accustomed to seeing it and trusting the type of estimates and engineering studies that come out supporting savings, it's really hard to get that approval. So your whole model is this is what we do. That's our focus. And we're going to help these properties cash flow. Yeah. A, a good a good descriptor is we try to make sure that clean energy or, or energy improvement measures are value engineered into projects versus cost engineered out. Oh, I like that. That's a good turn of phrase. In doing that, how do you do that for a multifamily project, for example, what's kind of the product that you can offer in the multifamily space? Um, so again, it, you know, projects have long life cycles and it really, it's, it's all going to be very project specific, which is why, you know, we spend a lot of time holding folks' hands who may not be comfortable um, talking energy or, or implementing energy improvement measures. So we, you know, we've encountered some projects for properties where their energy bill is legitimately the difference between them running annual deficits versus annual surpluses in their budget. You know, properties that were constructed in the 60s, 70s, haven't seen a rehabilitation within that time or on all electric, mm -hmm. that's inefficient, not much insulation, you know, needs new windows, roof replacement, ventilation, et cetera. They can re those projects have a, a huge opportunity to be rehabilitated and optimized um, on many different fronts with modern systems systems that are significantly more efficient and really re reduce the overall energy use intensity and improve the energy performance of the property. Yeah. And you're not just looking at, say, adding a solar array or putting in lighting fixtures. You're really looking at the whole spectrum of what affect property's energy efficiency. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal is hopefully, you know, if, if you go out to a contractor and, and they're an HVAC contractor, they're going to sell you an HVAC solution if they're, they think that one is, is worthwhile, right? But a lot of folks go out and, and solar is very sexy and it's very visible on a property and folks want to go solar and it makes complete sense. But the first step should always hopefully be to reduce the demand side of the equation so that you're not uh, oversizing a hmm. boiler or a furnace or a solar PV system. You know, you have a reduced footprint in the first place and then the overall system expense is less. Yeah. And even if that's just adding insulation or, uh, you know, doing something that is less visible, that's something that you guys can finance on top of a traditional, you know, permanent mortgage that another lender might have. You can come in with a, an unsecured facility, right? Yeah, we offer, uh, and, and we, we consider it lightly secured, but it's it's not a mortgage. It's underwritten based on the energy savings, and we understand, you know, appreciating the energy improvements, we have sufficient confidence in those energy savings that we know that a project that we're going to approve is going to improve the cash flow to the property and therefore improve their ability for that property to repay, to pay all of their bills um, and increase the property's valuation as well. Yeah, so the, the interesting opportunity that I see here for you as well as for the many you know, multifamily lenders that are out there in the impact space is if, if you're an impact lender and you have properties in your portfolio that are struggling,
doing, you know, they could refer their borrowers to you guys potentially to say, you might want to check out their product if they see that the utility bills are likely contributing to their problems. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the important thing to keep in mind is we have multiple products. So um, we have, you know, the term uh, lending product that I'm referring to, which has terms from seven to 20 years. We also offer a pre-development loan product. So for folks who don't know what to do, they don't have a scope of work kind of already set and they're trying yeah. to determine what should I do. A lot of times folks are averse to, you know, doing an audit on the property because it'll cost them a few thousand dollars. We have a very low interest pre-development loan called our Navigator Loan Program, which is a 25% property owner copay and a 75% loan that can finance okay. Okay. that sort of pre-development work, you know, ASHRAE level two energy audits, design work, green charrettes and the like. So it, it, it helps defray, you know, push out and defray the obligation for that expense. And we can even roll that obligation into our permanent financing. So paid off of the financing. Yeah. So kind of an ideal scenario could be you provide that pre-development financing that gets them the energy audit, which then supports the viability of a more permanent right. facility to get the, the upgrades in there. Yep. Cool. And, and I know you started in Connecticut as part of the Green Bank, now inclusive as a standalone entity, right? Yeah. We have yep. offices throughout Connecticut in New York City. Great. And talk about your lending footprint a little bit, where you are today and, and where you're hoping to be as you grow. Yeah. So, you know, the, the initial rollout um, was going out to kind of friends and family in this impact and community development space um, that we've engaged over the years. So we are working with folks at Elevate Energy based out of Chicago, uh, with Michigan Saves. We've engaged with developers out in California with Southeast Energy Alliance. We'll kind of go where folks think there's opportunity. And the challenge in underserved and non-traditional credits is it can be hard to find projects. So, you know, in an ideal yeah. world, finding those folks who are really engaged with affordable multifamily property owners, whether that's state housing finance authorities or nonprofit advocacy organizations who know property owners and, and know the need. Those are the folks that we would love to connect with and kind of have a broader conversation about energy improvement. Yeah. So at this stage in your in your growth, you're very much interested and willing to be pulled into a new market. Yeah. We're very opportunistic in that regard. So we've talked a lot about this kind of multifamily product, which would also work for just a commercial tenant, commercial tenant property. What other products do you have that you're interested in growing now? Yeah. So um, we also offer a solar power purchase agreement. So in a similar vein as our catalyst term loan, focusing on non-traditional underserved credits. So we will do system sizes that are um, smaller than most PPA offers. So we can do system sizes as small as 50 kilowatts. Our sweet spot is around 50 kilowatts to about a megawatt, which covers most state-based institutions, schools, municipalities, okay. affordable housing as well. So um, yeah. on average, the system size comes in around 100 to 200 kilowatts, and it's an off-balance sheet solution. It's not additional debt that's incurred onto the property balance sheet. You're just yeah. swapping out your existing electric bill for a PPA rate at a lower rate than that. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with PPA, tell us a little bit about what, what that means exactly. Yeah. So so in that structure, uh, inclusive prosperity capital would be the system owner. There's no upfront costs to build the system because we're going to own the system. So we're paying to have the system constructed. So mm -hmm. we're coordinating with a developer, you know, a solar installer to basically develop the system and sell it to us. And then once we own the system that's on that property, we are selling the electricity that's generated from that system to the property owner um, at a specified rate, whether it's a fixed rate over the life of the PPA, or we also offer escalating rates. So you're effectively leasing your roof 
or we also you know do ground mount our carport systems but you're leasing some space on your property for us to own a system and then sell you electricity from us at a discount got it got it and the, the power purchase agreement that's a, the acronym there okay. right okay good and now at times here you're also working directly with general contractors is that right or maybe not a general contractor but a contractor who's an installer yeah so so on the solar front our engagement certainly we, we work with property owners as well but um, for the most part it is solar installers who being contacted by a customer and the solar installer is the one who's kind of directing them for effective financing options on the mm -hmm. loan front our engagement is typically with the property owners themselves because they understand their own finances and, and we're funding them to pay the contractor for the work okay got it yeah so it seems like for a small group how are you guys managing this so far you've got a, a relatively small staff and you've got is it four or five products a lot of different types of industry sounds like a lot sounds like a, a classic cdfi situation uh well uh, you know as, as you can attest i think uh, we first talked about doing this podcast eight months ago and <laughs> here we true, are yeah. i finally responded saying <laughs> sure i have some bandwidth to do it i would say that we're very mission oriented so the folks that we have on staff are very very committed and mission oriented and in that regard we're, we're kind of lean and mean and we also yeah. have an expectation that we'll grow fairly rapidly in the yeah. first year of our rollout we have a very large pipeline and that owes a lot to those already previously established relationships with our friends and family out in the market who kind of came to us and said like i have projects that need financing that have been waiting for yeah. to move and you know so so the plan is growth once we get moving and get some of these projects off our plate then i think it'll help us develop strategy for how we continue to grow and, and put products out on the market and move projects yeah it's an exciting stage for a company to be in and i think for you guys especially it's a market that's really underserved in the community development phase so yeah, yeah. Lots of and, and you met yeah 100 and you mentioned that you've got a lot of community or mission focused people on your staff and I, i'm curious too because i don't think you were in community development finance when i initially met you so what what brought you into the phase what made you land where you yes. are my uh, in, in a previous life i worked in state government in new jersey and worked in the climate and coastal management offices and was doing there was just a lot a lot of work going on in new jersey at the time with cap and trade markets and energy master plans and voluntary carbon offset standards and what have you and kind of saw that where a lot of the action and the future engagement would be would be in market-based environmental protection or kind of environmental finance or, or okay mm -hmm. finance so i went back to school and did a joint degree in what's effectively business and the environment uh to focus on the clean energy space but i'm focused on resource finance this is actually the green bank was a, a sweet landing spot for me in terms of it being quasi-government so it's still kind of government with that bureaucratic power and kind of intersection with policy but it also afforded a lot of flexibility in the finance space to kind of create structures and programs that meet the market where it is it, it's been a, a long evolution but um, i've always been kind of a mission-oriented person and so it all yeah. fits be something that's awesome that's awesome I, I love seeing smart people get into community development finance and follow it and do great things so i'm excited to see what inclusive does now so when you're at the green bank i've got to think as with anything it's easier to maintain the status quo than it is to, to branch out and think do something of this scale you know you would have been very easy as the connecticut green bank to say we are a connecticut organization we are not going to field these inquiries from out of our market we're not going to form this new company so you must be trying to accomplish something big right so what is it that you would say would be a big success five years from now for inclusive what's the outcome that, that you guys are really looking for from our origin at the connecticut green bank um we're very very big on metrics and i think you know at the end of the day the raison d'etre for the connecticut green bank and for inclusive prosperity capital is it's climate change as a whole and uh we need to deploy more clean energy and energy efficiency faster using fewer resources it's it's really our, our the connecticut green bank and inclusive prosperity capital 
capital, both the insignia is derived from a catalyst, you know, kind of a spark. Okay. Yeah. And so yep. the notion is there is a wealth of projects and opportunity out there. And I don't know that we have, you know, specific goals, I think, but we think that there is a vast market of opportunity for energy savings and energy improvement and employment of energy in these various affordable housing and nonprofit markets. And so it, it all kind of ties together of being motivated and mission oriented is doing more faster with less. Yeah. You have to so, recognize the scale of the problem and bond to it. So that's I respect right. that a yeah. lot. That's great. Well, fantastic. Well, John, thanks for sharing all this with our listeners. I, I would love to give them an opportunity to, to get in touch with you. So if they want to contact Inclusive, what's the best way to go about that? Uh, I, I'm attached to my email. So our website is inclusiveprosperitycapital.org. Okay. And then my personal email address is john, J-O-H-N dot D-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-O at inclusiveteam.org. Awesome. And we'll make sure to have all of that on the Impact Lenders website as well. Uh, so John, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'm glad we made it happen. Eight months, 10 months in the making. <laughs> we got it. We got done before the end of the year, Pete. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you, John. This podcast is brought to you by High Impact Financial Analysis. We help mission-focused lenders build and maintain high-performing impact portfolios through our underwriting, portfolio analysis, and general consulting services. Find out more at www.highimpactanalysis.com and follow us on Twitter at High Impact FA. The views and opinions expressed on the Impact Lenders podcast are the speaker's own and do not necessarily represent the views of High Impact or other organizations. Until next time, thanks for listening.